Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast, a Q&A edition. We could somewhat call this a part two, to be honest, because if you listen to the podcast, then on Monday, you would have heard us discuss the topic of cardio and different cardiovascular training protocols. And basically, this is a follow-on. This is the question, is cardio compulsory? So we've already discussed all the protocols. And take different ways that you can put in your program if you're a general trainee. And now we're basically going to answer the question of whether or not you actually need to do cardio. And I actually made some notes before these podcasts and this episode following the question. It's in some respects, in most respects, and I would say that's because it crosses over far too many areas of the good things that you want out of your life for it to not be considered compulsory. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to enforce it via government, but we're at least going to tell you that you should consider it for your own benefit and development as an individual. So to quickly justify my position on this in terms of is cardio compulsory, my basic step one reasoning is that number one, like people who are fitter, who have a higher level of cardiorespiratory fitness, have a longer lives and basically have lower risks of all of the diseases that you do not want to get. Um, do you want to get some of the diseases? Uh, I don't know. Some of them like, like, you know, some of those, those like g- genetic mutations that like, yeah, they shorten your life, but you're more likely to be jacked in the meantime. Like I'm in for that. Like, you know, there's, there's trade-offs and big calves, you know, I'd take it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Basically, basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to reduce your risk of all of the negative aspects of health, um, or at least a lot of them. Um, so like, for example, like cardiovascular disease is something that most people should probably be concerned with reducing their risk of over time because it kills a lot of people. And yeah, being really, really fit is probably a good idea. And to be honest, like the, the benefits do extend quite high in terms of like, it's not just like, oh yeah. It's you just stop getting benefits once you you're somewhat active. It's like no, like having a high VO2 max is actually protective up to a relatively high level. So you know, being fitter is a good positive outcome. The other thing, like if you're like, I don't care about health. I don't care if I get Alzheimer's disease. You know, I don't care if I have type two diabetes. I don't care if I cardiovascular. You know, you'll at least be able to live a higher quality of life in the meantime because if you are fitter you have more capacity to do more things in general, whether that be play with your kids. Okay. Like a lot of us, you know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in their twenties, some of their thirties, some of their forties, but it is a reality for a lot of us within the next five to 10 years, we're going to have kids and you know, they're going to be active little fuckers. And if you're not fit, you're not going to be able to get in the game, you know, and, and, and prove yourself. And like, I think it's the, the, the thought of, my kids being fitter than me and me not being too unfit to play with them. I, I'm not, I just couldn't cope with that. It makes me feel ill to think about that. So, so that is another reason. <laughs> and obviously it's not just related to playing with your kids. I mean, if you were, if you're too unfit to be able to, you know, go for a hike um, with your family or with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, like that's not really a great thing. And maybe you're not into hiking, but you can probably think of things that may constitute um, some sort of activity that necessitates you having a higher level of fitness could be gardening could be stacking shelves could be your job you know that's what that's one that actually does come up quite a bit is that people are really tired at the end of the day or they're from from when they come home from work and they're unable to do anything else in the evening because they're just so 
tired. And a lot of the time, their job might necessarily even be that physical, but because they have a low level of preparedness for it and they're not fit, they don't have that reserve of fitness, it takes way more out of them than it probably should. And that actually detracts from your quality of life outside of work. So if you don't enjoy your job, you find it demanding, it's still good to actually prepare for it because then you have more time to enjoy life outside. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different things, but they'd be my, my starting points for saying that a lot of people should, should, should at least work on having a higher level of cardiorespiratory fitness. Yeah, and on that, um, it is actually one of the most counterintuitive things, but doing more cardio actually gives you more energy, right? Yeah. So essentially spending more energy gives you more energy back. And again, it's so counterintuitive, but naturally it makes sense when you think of the adaptations that are going to occur, you know, like you get an increase in mitochondria uh, and vascularization uh, in the tissues. And effectively that leads to you being able to produce more energy, which is again, makes sense because if you are putting the demand on your body that says, I need to be able to produce energy to do these cardiovascular events, that means that those adaptations are to create more energy and obviously you're not creating it out of nothing you still need to eat and stuff but you have the machinery to do that you have efficient machinery to do that you know and so if you are someone that is low on energy it probably makes sense to do some cardio which is counterintuitive i know but it is what it is right and now obviously there's numerous reasons why you could be low on energy and that could be terrible advice but for the majority of people that are saying that oh i don't have enough energy at the end of the day's work or even throughout the day it's probably a good uh, axiom now obviously you can overdo that and the cardio could be the thing that is leading to your fatigue so there is that uh, part of it as well but either way on the actual question of today is cardio compulsory First of all, Gary, you said you're not going to get the government to enforce that. And that's good because the government can't enforce anything. They don't have that power. So anyway, on to the next point, you filthy communist. Um, uh, the, whether it's compulsory or not, I actually just don't think it is compulsory. Right? It's just full on not compulsory. However, it does lead to a lot of outcomes that would be beneficial for quite a lot of people. You know, um, however, we also have to look into things and effectively make the best choice for the minimal input because that's what most people want to do. They want to spend very little and get a lot, get a lot of bang for their book, right? And in my opinion, for most people, resistance training is going to be the biggest bang for your book, right? So if we're going to make some component of exercise compulsory, I'm going to put resistance training ahead of cardiovascular fitness, even considering that like heart disease, like you said, is probably the number three killer of humans uh, worldwide. Um, and so it is obviously of a high level concern, uh, just so everyone's aware alcohol is ahead of that. But anyway, look, that's not, I knew you're going to do that. Um, but, uh, it, it is a high level concern. However, you do get quite a lot of cardiovascular adaptations from resistance training and you get the increase in muscle mass, which is probably, and strength, which is probably going to be very beneficial for you later in life, right? So the fact that you do get some cardiovascular adaptations from that leads me to put it higher than cardio in terms of the compulsoriness. However, 
it's very rare that this is going to be an either or argument, right? So like, as we said in the last uh, uh, podcast, you can also very easily put some cardio into your training program and not have an impact on the overall demands of that training session. You know, like you could do 45 minutes of resistance training and 15 minutes of cardiovascular work and still be in and out of the gym within an hour and have got all of the benefits. Well, not, maybe not all of the benefits, but the majority of the benefits from resistance training and cardiovascular training, you know? So it's very easy to implement. And as a result, that would lead me to suggest that the majority of people should do some cardio work, right? So I'm not gonna say it's compulsory, just like Gary said, it's not compulsory. However, the majority of people will benefit from doing cardiovascular work, right? And I don't think many people would argue against that. Nope. Like, right? you know what? The other thing, the other thing that comes into this, like before you just run away and say, right, I need to go and do loads of cardio. Like it is some, the importance for you as an individual is somewhat self-selected based on like your identification of, of reasons that you'd want to do more cardio. So one would be if you're, if you're unfit for your daily life, more important that you do some cardio and improve your cardio respiratory fitness. But if you're like, no, actually I fucking feel absolutely fantastic and I'm never short of breath clearly lower on in terms of priority, you know, it's important. And if you have numerous risk factors for cardiovascular disease, um, that are, that are adding up and maybe you've got a history of cardiovascular disease, you know, both your mother and father of cardiovascular disease, your grandparents on both sides, passed away because of cardiovascular disease. You've got other risk factors. You've got high blood pressure, you're overweight, etc. Again, like boom, way more important in that case that you at least take care of that, you know, because cardiovascular disease is like likely to affect you in the future. If you've got multiple risk factors and you've got a family history and everything like that, you'd want to reduce your, your risk factors. One of those might be alcohol, which Patty you know, likes to bring in as the number one killer worldwide, even though it's totally not fair to compare a behavior with a disease and say that one kills people and because they, alcohol has come to twice there. But anyway, interesting. About- taking, taking something that then causes you to kill other people. Oh yeah. Let's not count that in, you know, yeah, no, I'm not standing up for alcohol. I'm just well, saying that you, you can't compare alcohol related deaths and cardiovascular disease related deaths because they're not the same thing. But anyway, Generally, like the, the, next, the next thing would be like if you are generally sedentary, okay? If you have a very inactive life, you know, you don't have a physically demanding job, um, you don't walk throughout the day, again, it increases in terms of its importance that you would include some additional exercise like this. And then in, from an actual training perspective, if your resistance training performance is limited by shortness of breath, poor between sets, poor recovery between rep performance drops off hugely from set to set. Then again, I would consider your conditioning work, your cardio, to be a bit more important in that context. So, as you can see, it really does depend on um, if you've identified some reason why you'd you'd want to include it as a compulsory element in your programming. Because you know, as I said, you know, if you're if you have, if you're a family perfect health you've got no other signs of ill health you're active in your work daily life is literally too easy for you you recover perfectly between your sets um, and you've never identified a reason why you need more cardio 
then yeah, you might benefit from it, but it's not as much of a priority as it would be for someone who, you know, had identified problems in each of those respective areas. You're dead right. Um, so where does that leave us? Are we saying it's compulsory or are we saying it's not compulsory? Because that's the question, Gary. Like, are, if you were the Minister for Health, right, and they were like, look, Gary, let's make this, we need to set the standard. We need to tell people, we need to tell them what they need to do. Are we saying that you must do cardio? Is it ahead of resistance training? Is it below resistance training? Or is it on a par with resistance training? Because obviously we're coming to this from the background of resistance training being essential for just, you know, and I, and I mean resistance training, like that could be body weight training, you know, um, you're applying some resistance to your muscles. Like I'm coming at it from the perspective that I think most people should be doing something that applies resistance to their body and get stronger over time, right? So yeah. we, we've settled that, right? Now, if we're doing this population-wide, let's get this going, um, where does that fall in with cardio? Yeah, like if I was actually setting, setting public health guidelines, I would try to emphasize resistance training more because... One, I think people are already aware more on a public level of like how to exercise in a cardio cardio related fashion, what that looks like. And when people think of exercise, they often picture like running on the roads, going for a cycle, like they're the types of things that people think about first. So on a public health level, I'd probably try to emphasize resistance training more, not only because of that, but also because I think resistance training has more of a carryover to the benefits we're looking for from a cardiovascular perspective than the opposite way around. So, you know, you're up, when you're resistance training, you're obviously going to build a significant amount of muscle mass and strength, but you also get a, you can get a robust increase in your aerobic fitness from that, depending on the way that you set up your program, of course, in your own individual runs. Whereas when it comes to your cardiovascular training, like you're not going to build much strength and muscle. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely good. It's definitely good to preserve your function. But I think like the, the resistance training side of things probably benefits your, your cardiovascular things we're concerned about there more than the other way around, especially when you think about all the reasons we gave there for including um, cardiovascular fitness. Like if, you, if you're unfit in your daily life because tasks, tasks are just too difficult for you, then more muscle strength makes them easier anyway. So it requires cardiovascular fitness, you know? So, so yeah, like I would try and emphasize resistance training more, but at the same time, like that's more, that's at least half because people are aware of cardio. Um, so I would both are definitely important and complementary for sure. So I would say for most people who have the resources, the time to be able to engage in cardiovascular training, I would say you should consider it as being necessary, um, but it doesn't mean that you need to like ditch your resistance training and go for it because I don't think it's I don't think it's superior. Um, I do think resistance training might get the edge, but uh, not entirely sure either. And it would depend on specific, I guess, disease outcomes if that's what you're concerned about. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that, but uh, I'm still going to give resistance training the edge and just go with it. You know, and yeah. however. If we're in this ideal world and we're saying let's like is it compulsory and we're making things compulsory i'd probably just make both compulsory like again yeah, exactly not the <laughs> hard yeah like literally we talked about it in the last podcast again protocols again as i said you can literally just add in five to 15 minutes of cardiovascular work at the end of your resistance training 
and pretty much reap the majority of the benefits, you know? So it's not that hard to actually implement. And so if we are making things compulsory, then yeah, I'd say it's compulsory. However, if you're looking for the most bang for your buck and you're like, oh, I just want to improve my body composition, improve my health, improve my performance in day-to-day tasks, I'm probably going to give resistance training the edge, you know? Um, However, if you can layer your cardio on top of that, happy days, you know? Um, However, there are certain populations where I would say that cardiovascular work is probably more important. And this seems somewhat dichotomous to what I was just saying, but I actually think for athletes, cardiovascular conditioning is the thing that matters the most, right? I would, if I had an athlete and they said, I need you to improve my performance, the thing that I would improve first and foremost would be this whole energy systems stuff. And because like fatigue makes cowards of us all, you know, if you have to run around a pitch for, Uh, 70 to 90 minutes or whatever like you want to be that's the thing you want to be fit you want to be able to do right so that means that you have to be fit enough to do that and you have to be fit enough to do above and beyond that because not only do you have to be fit enough to do it you want to ideally want to be fitter than everyone else that is doing it on the pitch with you you know and as a strength and conditioning coach personal trainer whatever like obviously we're not in charge of skill acquisition if you want to call it that like your actual ability to play your sport however what we can help with is the actual condition that you are able or that you are in that facilitates you being able to acquire new skills and actually then put those skills into practice you know so for in my mind even though this is somewhat counter to what we just said and i said oh resistance training is the the be all and end all um for an athletic population i would focus more on cardio than i would on resistance training i think that offers you far more bang for your buck than resistance training however it's also not that hard to do both so the ideal would be to do both you know it makes no sense to just not try and do both anyway like so to create these kind of false dichotomies just do both man be fit be strong it's not that hard you know um, I think that answers the question. Uh, is cardio compulsory? No, but should you do it? Yeah. Yeah, nothing's really compulsory. Like, you know, do what you want. If you want to be unfit, like, your choice. I literally don't care. Literally zero fuck. Well, unless you start asking for my money, then I, then I start caring. <laughs> that, that does piss me off. We're like, oh yeah, I just did nothing for my health and fitness and whatever, but yeah, give me your money because I'm unfit now. Sorry? But anyway, I have nothing else to add. Gary, where can people find us? You can find Paddy canvassing for general election 2024. Please vote Pat Crowell, independent. Um, Other than that, um, you can find uh, Triage Method Community on Facebook. That's our free Facebook group where you can communicate with us, share your training clips, ask your questions. Let us know what you want to hear more of any of that stuff in there. Triage Method Newsletter, subscribe below, get sent out every Sunday, resources, exclusive article, um, all the content we've been sharing throughout the week. You can keep up with all of that there. You can also follow us on our social media. Um, most active probably on like Instagram, I guess, like you could say, because Facebook, like no one really uses Facebook other than maybe groups they're in, or at least I don't anyway. Um, so yeah, subscribe to the, or subscribe, follow Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, if you want, if you're about that life, um, or YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's the content there obviously doesn't go on other sites because in, you can't like link a 12, 15, 20 minute video on Instagram. So 
YouTube is where we host those. Um, and yeah, then you can engage with our surfaces. Service, I was going to say surfaces. Your surfaces. Matte, black, gloss, surface, granite. Um, yeah, engage with our services. Uh, one-to-one online coaching if you're interested in the one-to-one service. Group online coaching if you're interested in kind of a cheaper alternative or you don't need the same level of specific guidance but you want to still get on the path. Male, male and female options available there. Um, then you can get involved with you know, our, basically our lowest tier service, you could say, which is basically the, the products, the eBooks, the templates, you can get involved there, um, by buying one of those 10 euros, you can get yourself tons of programs to get to work on while also understanding the theory that's involved in those. And if you are interested, like if you're a trainer, because like these podcasts guys, we, we basically record these podcasts with the intent to serve like the most, the most amount of people that we would find in a gym, you know? So if you walk into a gym, we're thinking about the people are, are concerned about in gyms. So it's not necessarily designed to give you the top tier, you know, advice for a trainer with a specific client, you know, in some cases we touch on those things, but not all the time. So if you're interested in developing yourself as a trainer or maybe learning about more specifics or working with us in a rehab capacity, we do have a consult service as well. Um, so you can consult with either myself or Patty online one-to-one via Skype. And that can be the, like some trainers have used that to basically develop a specific component of their education. For example, if you're interested, like a, a trainer that got in contact with me recently was he wanted to learn more about how anatomy related to the way that we design exercise programs. So that's clearly a very specific thing. And if you've got a specific outcome like that, that you want to learn more about, that's a good thing to work with us on because that involves us, you know, preparing resources for you, discussing them to you at your level so that you're really getting like a more custom educational experience. So, so yeah, that's something you might want to get involved with as well. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. Follow us on all our social media and you will see everything. If you really care, um, Facebook group and email list, and then you see everything. So they're the places to be. And if you do want to do any of our services, like Gary said, there are multiple services. Engage with them if you want to engage in them. Don't if you don't. And that is all I have time for. So to wrap this up, it is literally too easy and we will see you again.